This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. We're going to jump into the teachings of Jesus, but first of all, i got a quote. I always try to come from quotes because I think it kind of gives some perspective. Whether I agree with a quote or not, I think it's just good to help us process what we're going to hear today in the scriptures. So, today, it says, If we had strength and faith enough to trust ourselves entirely to God and follow him simply wherever he should lead us, we should have no need of any great effort in mind to reach perfection. But, as we are so weak in faith as we require to know all the way without trusting in God, our road is lengthened and our spiritual affairs get behind Abandon yourself as absolutely as possible to God and continue to do so to your last breath. And he will never desert you. Very appropriate quote. If you can't open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, we're going to go through verses 1 through 5. Once again, as we're talking through the book of Matthew, understand the book of Matthew is written to a Jewish audience. And that's important because, remember, Matthew was a tax collector. So when we focus on the book of Matthew, remember, we're focused on the words of Jesus. Every single gospel focuses on something unique about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Particularly Matthew, the symbol of it is the lion, but the, the focus is the Messiah, the anointed one who came and died. When a Jewish individual read the book of Matthew, they were getting it. They might have not liked the conclusions, but they understood what was happening. Matthew made a clear argument that Jesus was better than Moses. Jesus instituted a new covenant. Jesus was the Messiah, but who was rejected? And even though he was rejected, he still was the Messiah. That was all part of God's plan. If you understand, the book of Matthew talks a lot about the kingdom, whether it's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. In your mind, you have to make a distinction between the two. Understand the kingdom of God encompasses everything that is. The space, including God, and outside of himself, expanding to all eternity, past, present, and future, is God's kingdom. Now, what's unique today is we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what is going to come down from heaven to the earth. The kingdom of heaven is when Jesus Christ judges the planet. Some people constitute that as the millennial reign, bless you, the 1,000 years that Jesus reigns. We do, we do say bless you if you sneeze here. Just understand. <laughs> and you are blessed. Just understand that. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, also the kingdom of heaven will be what is for eternity when Jesus Christ sets up his kingdom in Israel in the new heaven and in the new earth. But you've got to understand that the kingdom of heaven one day will be given back to the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is putting all things under himself 
in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has an ethic. It has an economy. It has a disposition. It has a way we are to respond to life. The good thing about the kingdom is if your brother and sister is here to your right or to your left, if they are saved, they represent the kingdom of heaven here on earth. The kingdom of heaven is within you. It cannot be observed. There's this concept from George Ladd called the now and the not yet, meaning the kingdom of heaven is here now, but not yet. So as we wrestle with these theological concepts, Jesus Christ gets really simple. Because remember, Jesus from chapter 12 on changes his preaching style. From Matthew chapter 1 to Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is very clear. He's doing miracles. He's teaching to the masses in the way they all hear and understand everything he's saying. But chapter 12, they reject Jesus and they say, you have a demon. You have Beelzebub. And from 13 on, he preaches in parables so that the hearer can't understand what he's saying. So that judgment takes place. He's still communicating God's timeless truths, but in a way that the hearer will be judged because they can't respond appropriately. He talks about the kingdom of heaven. He he communicates various kingdom parables that are focused on the church. But today, as he begins to tell his disciples that he is going to be crucified, he, he showed James, John, and Peter the transfiguration when he revealed himself to them. And what happens as we go into today's lesson is that the other disciples are having some problems. The other disciples see Peter and James and John, and they're like close to Jesus. They got more Jesus time. They have more face time, more one-on-one time than anybody else. And this animosity begins to happen within the group of disciples. And what begins to happen is they have these conversations about who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus really quickly addresses this issue. If you can, let's jump once again into the Bible. And he says in 18.1, about this time, I like how Matthew, he's very detailed. (laughs) He says about, right? Around, that's kind of how I would have wrote the Bible. Mm, Around this time, or I think around 4 o'clock, it could have been during the day, I don't know. But we see he's being very honest. That's what I love about the scriptures. It's honest. And now here it says, about this time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Obviously, there's insecurities that are happening amongst them. They want to be first. They want to be the leaders. They want to be the ones who are seen by all. They're looking for status. And Jesus addresses this directly. He says this, Jesus called a child over and had the child stand near him. Now, let's look at this because a lot of people, I believe, have misconstrued this child. Uh Uh-oh, we have a child in here. I was thinking that Maximus would be in here. Can can she walk up here if she can? And then you're going to have to get her and retrieve her when it's time to retrieve her. So Jesus calls a child. All right? Okay, that's good. (laughs) I'm done. Oh, now I'm free. (laughs) I did it. Thank you, Pastor. (laughs) Now, as we look at this beautiful child, we try to think about what was Jesus trying to say? Was this child perfect? No. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know everybody has issues, even little children. 
if I would have put Maximus or Titus there, you would have had a lot different pictorial there. You may have seen yelling or fight or no. So it's not that this child is perfect or any child is perfect. Now understand, this child did something that's important. The child did what? Stood. So this child was old enough to stand. This wasn't a baby, but it was still a little kid. And then Jesus answers this like this way. <laughs> they ask Jesus questions. He never answers the way the question they ask. It's always funny. He always does that. Doesn't he do that to you? Um, it says in three, it says, then he said, I promise you this. You have to understand when Jesus says verily, verily, or truly, truly. He's trying to say, you need to really understand and comprehend the words that are about to come out of my mouth because they're going to impact you. You may not like what I'm about to say, but it's truth. He goes on to say here, if, now we do inductive Bible study here, and inductive Bible study, we make observations, and every time you see an if, it's a conditional cause and effect, right? So when you see a conditional cause and effect, there's a condition that affects what's about to be said. It says, if you don't change and become like a child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. He, what? He just brought the, the, the baby up there. The baby wasn't sinless. But he says, if you don't become like this baby, you will never enter God's kingdom. You'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. These are my words. These are the words of Jesus. How do these words possibly affect our lives today? Because they do. Now, we can speculate what he's trying to say. Is he talking about salvation? Is he talking about sanctification? Oh, maybe the disciples are already saved. When you do this type of scriptural study, you don't take your brain out of the scripture and try to turn to a theologian. You keep your brain in the text because the text is trying to say something very specific. And if you keep your mind in the text, he tells you what he means exactly. What does he mean like this child? He says here, but if conditional cause and effect, you are what? Humble. He tells you the quality of this child that was necessary for the disciples to enter into God's kingdom. He said, if you are in pride, you have aspirations ambition to be first, to be the greatest. He's like, that may be an indication that you're not even in the kingdom of heaven yet. Now, before we get into a theological discussion, you have to understand what he's trying to say. You got to get rid of these aspirations because these aspirations don't make up the citizens of God's kingdom. The citizens of God's kingdom are all humble. That's a good thing. Because when we enter God's kingdom and we live there, we don't have to worry about people jockeying for a position. Because that's what's happened right here. They're trying to get people to see that they're trying to be first. They're trying to be the ones leading stuff. But this is saying the opposite, God. Jesus is saying, no, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is for the humble person. This week, this month, we have an opportunity to humble ourselves and serve. I've been in the world I'm still in the world. I remember when I was trying to play football. There we go, football analogy. Don't roll your eyes at me. I can see them in the dark. 
<laughs> Forgive me, Lord. But nevertheless, I know what it's like to try to be the first, to try to position yourself, to try to be the last one there. Oh, the first one there and the last one to leave. When I used to run, I, I had to win every race. When I was in conversation, I had to get the last word. Is anybody here with me? I didn't want to be wrong. I had to always look good in other people's eyes. And you had to make the most money. You had to have the prettiest person with you or handsomest guy. The nice car. Remember, my dad and I went to Indiana to get these lights on the bottom of our, my 5.0 Mustang. We drove from West Virginia to Indiana. I can't tell you how many tickets I got because I wanted to be cool. <laughs> Every time I flipped on those lights, police officers were like, rip, rip, and then they outlawed the lights in the state I lived in. That was just because of me. Maybe that was the Lord. I don't know. But nevertheless, I know what it's like to want to be first, to be seen, to be noticed. And Jesus is saying that's the opposite of the kingdom. Because if you're always trying to be seen, it's always about you. And it's not about Jesus. But when you humble yourself, surrender your heart to Jesus' will, then you are a prime example to be great in the kingdom. But I'm going to show you something neat I found in the text. It said this, if you don't become like a child, you'll never get into the kingdom. But if you humble yourself as a child, you are the greatest. Now, I started thinking about that. He's talking to his disciples, and he tells them all the same thing. If you collectively, you, humble yourself, you will be the greatest. Think about what he's saying. Wait a minute. If Don and I humble ourselves, we'll both be the greatest? That doesn't make sense. Not in this world's eye. But in the kingdom, don't you understand? There's only really one great person there, and that is he who died on the throne. And honestly, you know what he calls himself a lot of times? He calls himself the least. Jesus Christ is the only truly great one in God's kingdom. We're not going to be above each other in the kingdom. Now, there will be different rewards, and there will be different things we get, but our value in the kingdom, I won't be able to look at my brother or sister to my left or right and say, ha-ha, I am greater than you. Because we all are great in God's kingdom. That's not my words. That's what it's saying right there. Five, it says, and when you welcome one of these children because of me, you welcome me. And he ends up there with a funny little statement talking about honor. He says, when you find one of those brothers or sisters who are humble like a child, and you honor them, respect them, when you value them, you know what? You're doing that to me. He said, Jesus is cool. He's trying to let them know, understand, there's a very specific way that you have to live your life. And it's not about being seen, seeking attention, trying to be first, trying to be right. Sometimes it's like in a marriage, when you realize that secret of marriage. And what's that secret? Do you want to be, <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> That's number two. <laughs> or maybe that may be number one. This is probably number two. It's this. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in love? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to keep peace? Do you want to win the argument? Or do you want to fall deeper in love? When that attitude 
disappears in your marriage, you'll have a lot stronger marriage. But when that attitude disappears in the body of Christ, oh, then you have a healthy church. Got a couple points that we're done for the day. Matthew is highlighting that the greatest, that should be is that we'll talk to Greg about that. You see how I'm taking responsibility right there? <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. That's like a bad joke. Matthew is highlighting that the greatest in God's kingdom is the opposite of what is great in the world. That is the problem. This is something we all as church people fight against every day. We have designed these chairs in here and these lights to maximize your experience. And why is that? Because when you leave here, some of you are going to get on your iPad, your phone. You're going to watch your HD TV, your LED TV, your 4K TV, your Curve TV. And you're going to be there so engrossed with the Vikings beating whoever they're playing because they're on a roll. It won't matter. You're going to be so engrossed with the entertainment value that when you come here, it's like, whoa. So the church has been trying to fight to keep up with the world. And what has happened is we've allowed worldliness to come into the church. We try to use these hierarchical structures in order to give people different positions and, and values and roles we don't understand. In the church, it's the opposite. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And we are like Christ. So when you get frustrated in ministry or your relationship, ask yourself this question. Are you trying to be first? Is there bravado? Do you have ambitions? Is it pride? Or are you willing to trust God to humble yourself and maybe allow other people to get the attention? And you're saying, Pastor, that's so easy for you to say because you got a light's pointing at you. Trust me, this is the best thing ever. My mom is here so I can verify this one. I remember when I first told her, I think I was called to be a pastor. She's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Everybody's not called to be a pastor. <laughs> and she was probably like, you don't. No, we need to pray some more on that one. <laughs> and honestly, I did not want to be here. I was, we, I could have been happy playing football. I could have done a lot of things. But God called me here. I'm only here because God called me here. And most people think being, yeah, the pastor is the leader is awesome. Oh, no, maybe in America. But don't you understand the early church to be the leader meant death? They looked for the leaders. They looked to hunt them down. They were hunting for the leaders. They were hunting for the apostles. They were hunting for the early church father. They were hunted. But today in America, things have flipped upside down. And if you go to churches across the planet today, sometimes they're being hunted too as leaders. In America, it's a different, we have a different context, but do not let the context deceive you. We are all called to serve. And if somebody gets the attention, praise God. But if nobody gets the attention, praise God. Because God is. And that's the point. So the church is not like the world. We don't function like the world. Next point, it's possible that we have overvalued what we have on earth. I see a lot of people, and particularly ministry, start to stumble or trip. 
They bring in these worldly concepts and they bring in consultants to try to fix it. And they, they bring in these different leadership models and business practices, the best business practice in order to get your ministry run in effect. Now, I'm not against organization. You all know that. We need organization. We need communication. But understand, if I act like the CEO of Endurance Worldwide International Ministries, <laughs> right? Then I'm, I'm foolish. I'm, I'm struggling. I've gotten tripped up on a concept that is not biblical. But what's the challenge? How do we act like the kingdom when we're in a context that's very much opposed to the kingdom values? And what I'm trying to say is we risk it for Jesus. We risk not being like the world. We risk failing. We risk these doors shutting down to give God the opportunity to shine. What if we do everything like Jesus says? Exactly. And it fails. Well, praise God. We obey Christ. What if we compromise just a little bit? We'll never be able to say, man, we fully trusted God and we got what God wanted us to get. It's our responsibility to stay faithful to God's word until the very end. And God's word doesn't look like what the world looks like. He says, humble yourself. Man, when I was in football, I was supposed to be aggressive. When you're in your business career, you, you need to be aggressive. You need to work to get to the top. You need to network. You've got to work through those issues and realize, are you trusting God? The next point, to be great in God's kingdom, you need to be as dependent on God as a child is dependent on adults. And that's the thing. Sometimes we misconstrue the concept of pride. I can come up here and speak boldly for God, but that doesn't mean I'm in pride. The minute I step in pride is when I think, you know what, I don't need God. When I'm independent of God, when I don't need his help, when I'm not dependent on him, I've fallen into pride. And when it's about me and my skills and my gifts, it's all about pride. I'm, I don't need the Lord for any of this. However, when I'm dependent upon God, I'm humble. It doesn't mean you don't have gifts and talents. It doesn't mean you don't use your brain and influence. It just means everything you do, understand it has to be done in a way that you're dependent on God. That makes sense. Next point, and we're almost done. Why do we need to do this? So that we'll understand that God's standards are a stark opposition to the world's standards. This is hard to conceptualize. That God's world and his standards don't function like the standards of this world. The standards of the world always oscillate and vacillate. And they change from moment to moment, from political party to political party. Times will change, people's values will change, but God's word remains the same. But the process you have to apply is how do I actually make God's word real to my life? How do I genuinely trust God and make that function in my day-to-day activities? Is this just a book I'm reading? Or am I just coming to church or, or am I trying to live this out? And I'm trying to live this out. What does that look like? How do I trust God from moment to moment? And that's why here at this church we try to say, hey, we talk about giving and we talk about serving and volunteering. Next, next week we're going to talk about Vols ministry. It'll be a great service. It'll be a unique service. We're going to break off into small groups during the middle of the service. But here today, as we talk, we have to understand God's values are not ours. And God's values aren't the values of the world. And we need to figure out how to open your Bible 
and read it for yourself. You need to know how to pray and hear God's voice for yourself. How to meditate when it's time to meditate. How to fast when it's time. You need your own relationship from God. You don't need me to talk to God. That was scary, but I knew who it was. You need to have your own walk with God. Because one day, you are going to stand in front of Jesus for yourself. And either we're going to put an emoji. Is it called emoji? Emoji? I messed them up. Emoji? Emoji? See, I'm from West Virginia. It's not going to come out like the way it does for you all. It's either going to be the wow face or it'll be the smiley face. And what will be yours? As you stand in front of the king of kings, will your life be one lived that you didn't blame other people for what happened to your life? That you didn't make excuses for the gifts and talents God gave you? That you accepted them as one created in God's image? And you said, God, this is the life you gave me. And I believe all things work together for good to those that love you, to those that are called according to your purpose, Father God. So today, I choose to love you. I don't know what today is going to hold. I don't know the outcome, but I do trust you. I wish I could control the outcome. I wish we had words that could control life, but that ain't in the Scriptures. Bad English, but it's a good point. What is in the Scriptures is this. Love. Trust, obedience, faithfulness. If you don't have those things at this moment as I'm talking, now's the time to start fighting and get those things. I'm not trying to fight to get money or position or power. I'm trying to fight to be humble. <laughs> fight to love Jesus. Fight to love your brother and sister in Christ. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your relationship with your kids. Fight, fight, fight until you can't breathe. How do we end this service today? This is it. This is the test. This is your lifelong test. You're going to leave here and you're going to forget 99.9% of the words that I said. I think that's actually verifiable. If I ask you, what did I preach on last week? You'll be like, uh. <laughs> what did I preach on last month? You'll be like, mm. But in this moment right now, you have a choice. Will you orient your life to depend on God? Because that's the first thing you need to do. And then when the last breath leaves your body, will you depend on God? Because that's the last thing you need to do. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, just head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. 
This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. And this is the beginning again in three, two, one. This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, here's today's message. One last time on the end. For more information about our ministry, visit endurancechurch.org. And now, here's today's message. Hold time again. This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, here's today's message. I'll set you as a seal upon my heart, as a seal upon my arm. For there is love that is as strong as death, jealousy demanding as the grave.